You are watching Profile, success stories of ordinary people just like you and me. Thank you for watching. Our next guest is an educator and an advocate for youth development. And he's here today to share with us his story and how he's helping youth to live a better life. Help me welcome Benjamin Haggard. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for the opportunity to just talk to you yes. and your audience mm -hmm. and uh, to let folks know the, the good hard work we're doing out uh, for youth in yes. Uh, BC. Yes, and all over. Mm. All right, we have a lot to talk about today, yes. but we're going to take it from the beginning, shall we? Okay. All right, let's talk about who are you? What's your background? Um, I am Benjamin Hagwood the first. Okay. I'm a family man. I have a wife and two beautiful children. Nice. Um, my I started actually in Bitburg, Germany. Okay. My father was in the Air Force for the United States, uh -huh. and um, we spent the first three years of our lives uh, traveling with him as he did that. Mm -hmm. I have two older brothers and one younger brother. Okay. And our household was always full of disagreements with love. <laughs> of course. Uh, my, my older brother summed it up best when he said, mm -hmm. at, our, at the last kind of holiday we were all together, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. he said, our family's the only one he knows where we can disagree with each other. And people from the outside will watch and think we're arguing. Yes. And we still walk away and love each other just fine. Of because course. the way we were raised was to discuss everything. Yes. Everything is a conversation to have to better understand someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. And that kind of pushed me into speech and debate. When I started college, uh -huh. um, I received a pamphlet in the mail that I'm just going to be completely honest, saying, yeah. we will give you money if you debate. So I said, yes. <laughs> when was this? How old were you? Uh, I, I was 21 when I got that pamphlet. Okay. Mm -hmm. nice. And it said... Um, and um, I went to college in the United States uh -huh. where uh, it's kind of driven by student loans and any opportunity to get money to yes. not have to pay for college, yes. I was 100% all in on that. Nice. So I signed up for the debate team mm -hmm. and it turned out to become uh, this passion that I absolutely love. I think nice. it's the most educational intracurricular activity that any student can do. Yes. It challenges you to learn new topics, mm -hmm. to learn how to think about what a different perspective would be. Yes. And how to engage in fruitful conversation right. about differing opinions. Yes. And, and try to determine which one you like the most. Yes. So uh, throughout college, I, I debated competitively, mm -hmm. um, was very successful. At it, yes. And then I went on to graduate school mm -hmm. uh, where I began teaching classes and I saw that the classroom was even more fulfilling than competition was. Nice. And at that point, I decided to transition to coaching. And I coached in the States for about 10 years, uh -huh. nice. um, working with students from all over the world, but all college age. Uh -huh. I primarily worked with college students, worked with some high school students, um, until I got the opportunity to work with a couple of teams on an international uh -huh. basis. And that's what ended up bringing me to BC is nice. uh, just teaching debate, teaching students how to advocate for themselves, how to speak, mm -hmm. and here we are. Nice. Mm -hmm. When did you come to BC? September 1st of 2020. Wait. I've been here for exactly seven months. What? Mm -hmm. 
And, and it seems like you're doing so well already in here in BC. Well, um, my perspective is we have to hit the ground running. Yes. There's a lot of work to be done. And in the short time I've been here, I've noticed that there's a gap in access to things like speech and debate that exists for all students. Right. And my perspective is uh, if you take away the possibility for some students to have access to resources, mm -hmm. you diminish their chance at being successful in life. Right. And I just want to reset that balance in a way that allows all students to have access yes. to information, to training, and to events that yes. drastically change their outlook on life. You got this meal at age 21 mm -hmm. and it changed your, your, your life, your direction. Mm -hmm. So what path were you on before? <laughs> before I decided to participate in academic events, I played sports. Okay. I loved playing football, still love playing football. I would say an injury in high school kind of sidelined that for me and then I really got involved into real estate and business. So my undergraduate was actually in uh, HR and business management. Right. Um, I wanted to go and sell, you know, the big buildings in New York City. That's and when I was introduced to debate, it drastically just changed my perspective on kind of what I found um, pleasure in, what I found uh, was fruitful and useful for me at that time. As a coach in this field, is it beneficial? I think being a coach of speech and debate is beneficial in several ways. First, we get the opportunity to work with students and watch them mature. Watching when students finally understand the concepts you've been teaching them is probably the most, I would say, enjoyable moment of teaching yes. or coaching. Yes. Um, especially when you can take students who English may be their second language, their third language, mm -hmm. and now they understand the concept of how they need to communicate effectively mm -hmm. to get their point across and to also be understood. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of what I live for. You have a number of businesses and they are all related to debating youth mm -hmm. development. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about them. The very first one that um, I created with a group of individuals in the United States mm -hmm. is the Association for Black Argumentation Professionals, okay. uh, or ABAP for short. Right. And um, we noticed that as we all were matriculating through college, mm -hmm. that we needed a better network, we needed more access to resources, and we needed training. We just were not prepared to be the leaders we needed to be. Mm -hmm. So we started a nonprofit with the ambitious goal of being able to provide professional development to every college in the United States. Um, we had to scale that back a little bit because there were only about five of us when we started. But since then, we've grown substantially. We have a membership base, and we offer um, professional development. We offer diversity training. And we also offer an annual conference for people to come and share different teaching techniques they have in the classroom, as well as different behavioral management techniques they have in the classroom. And we've just found that that's been so useful to so many people. Yes. And, and it's been so fulfilling to be able to offer and give something back to the community mm -hmm. that is taking care of us. Right. We primarily focus on college students, yes. but we do have a growing base of secondary age students, mm -hmm. secondary school um, age students mm -hmm. that we're now working with too to kind of improve their access to college, to grants, to mm -hmm. starting businesses. Mm -hmm. And we're slowly expanding. Still in the U.S. or it's now in Canada? It is still in the United States. Mm -hmm. I serve as the chair of the executive board right now. Okay. 
and we actually have events throughout this month, Black History Month, um, yes. that we're actually trying to just bring some more community and connectivity to folks. One of them um, is a spades tournament. So like just playing cards and sitting around and being social with each other. Yes. Uh, as an example, one is just a Zoom event that we're calling the cookout where nice. you bring your own food, yes. we play music in the background, yes. let's just have a good time. So a lot of it is about connectivity right now yes. because COVID has done a really, really, really great job at separating all of us and making us feel very alone right now. And we want to reverse that trend. We want to be forward thinking and aggressive about the way that we make sure that communities stay connected, that people stay involved, and that we think about mental health during this time too. The second um, organization that I work with that actually I relocated here for is the National Speech and Debate Association of Vancouver, or NSDA for short. The National Speech and Debate Association is a nonprofit that is actually in the United States, mm -hmm. and they assign franchising to other areas in the world that want to start speech and debate and bring accessible, low-cost kind of debate opportunities to students throughout the world. They're located in China, Australia, Europe, Mexico. No expansion into Canada, which makes no sense. Right. You all are next door neighbors. How yeah. is it possible right. that we don't have anything in, in Canada? So um, I started working with a local organization here. Mm -hmm. And our conversation led to me saying, you know, well, I would love to come and start a nonprofit there. If you all both have kind of the capacity and can deal with that mm -hmm. and, and and you have the same vision. So right. NSA Vancouver was initially launched actually in 2016. Okay. But mismanagement and people just leaving and not yeah. staying in BC means that meant that it kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. So when I came, I restructured the whole thing because it was originally a for-profit organization. Although they're still attached to the nonprofit organization in the United States, I restructured it into a nonprofit organization. Our, our, our target to work with school districts, mm -hmm. teachers, and principals. Right. The idea being that although we want to offer opportunity for debate, mm -hmm. I can't teach every student in Vancouver, BC, and Canada how to debate. Right. But if you give me a room of teachers, 10 of them, 20 of them, 100 of them, yes. I can show them techniques that yes. make them much more effective communicators, and now they can teach debate in their school. Yes. Right? At a very, like, like I said, very minimal cost, and it's more about accessibility yes. right now we have two pilot programs at two mm -hmm. schools mm -hmm. in uh, one school in richmond and one school in vancouver right. where we're working with teachers to get them to begin to integrate speech and debate into the bc curriculum the goal yes. being within a year or two to present that to bc school board um, as a permanent addition or supplement to the curriculum because right now the English language arts curriculum in BC, although it's comprehensive in that it covers a lot of material, it doesn't give teachers the skills or the techniques to effectively do it. So our goal is to increase that effectiveness in the classroom so that students have a better time, teachers' jobs are a little bit easier. I want to challenge that because <laughs> you said that the teachers are not well equipped to, mm -hmm. to do this. Because I'm thinking about debate. Debate is not an everyday subject. Okay. It's not popular. Mm -hmm. That that's maybe why not a lot of tension given to it. Mm -hmm. Would you say? I would 
respectfully disagree. All right, talk to me. We've got a little debate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, a lot of people think of debate, and they think of debate as arguing with someone else. I think debate is different. I think the first thing debate does is it teaches you how to listen to someone else's opinion. Now, we have to establish whether or not we're having a conversation where we're sharing opinions or whether we're trying to come to an agreement over something that we might not agree on. Gotcha. So debate teaches you how to recognize those moments. Right now, you and I are not actually debating. There's no set discussion that we have to have that we have differing opinions on. But you bring up a good point that most people don't think about debate as everyday, kind of an everyday activity. But you actually do it. Like, where, where do you want to go get food from? You debate it. You think about the pros and the cons of restaurants, yeah. of the food choices they have, yes. how quickly you'll get it, and probably the cost of that food. Yes, I know how far away it is. <laughs> right, all <laughs> distance, all these things matter. Debate is just communication. It it's two sides having a conversation mm -hmm. on a set topic that they have different opinions on. And it's not about beating the other person into submission. It's about trying to establish the most logical, concise or inspirational speech you can come up with to convince some other people that you might be right. Thinking back into my, okay. my time in school okay. with the debate, mm -hmm. I remember they would pose a question mm -hmm. and they would say, Benjamin, you're pros. And they would say, Robbie, you're con. Okay. And I would like, you know, I'm proof on that topic, but okay, I'm going to talk against right. it. Right. What about that with debate? So, so that's called switching sides. Okay. And again, switching sides is extremely useful. If you think about the world right now feels so divisive for no reason. Right? Okay. Everyone wants to argue about everything. Mm -hmm. No one wants to listen to anyone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. And debate says, stop for a second. What would happen if you have to defend something that you don't believe? Well, the first thing it does is it teaches you empathy. You have to, in order to be persuasive, mm -hmm. right? Like if, if I just believe that cats are bad, if I just believe cats are evil when I do what I want to talk about, I can't convince you that cats are good unless I somehow learn to empathize with people who like cats, for instance, and then use that as a persuasive skill. And that's what switching sides does. It forces you to look at the other side's arguments, mm -hmm. Find ones that you find compelling, although you disagree. Yes. And then use those in a way to persuade other people and, and uh, to that, that that your side, your perspective is correct. Awesome. And, and that's obviously transferable, right? Like we're trying to get a job. Sometimes you have to say things to your boss you don't want to say. Yes. Uh, you, yes. you know, you want to go to that school. You want to go out on a date with someone. Yes. Sometimes you just got to put on a happy face and... Debate gives you all those life skills, um, which is why I love it so much. That's true. Yeah, and I can think of many ways you can apply to <laughs> right. your life. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about the third business. The third one is uh, BL Debate Academy, which is the debate academy located in Richmond, BC. Yeah. It's part of a larger yeah. academy that offers um, after-school training and curriculum supplements. So students can take classes there and receive credits towards their secondary kind of progression and graduate to get into college. This third business, <laughs> did you, you started it, right? I did not. This is an academy that I just work for. It's an academy. Uh, it is a partnership in that um, I run the debate academy portion of it. I am 100% in, in control of that, but we are funded by the larger institution. 
all these three businesses sold so they're overlapping do they support each other nsda vancouver offers we we, we host events every single year um, we've recently just hosted an event with uh, nyu how do you get into nyu if you want to go to nyu and we record those sessions and we offer those sessions to any student because we want to provide experiences. Mm -hmm. We also host debate tournaments, which BO Debate Academy attends, mm -hmm. but not exclusively. Our next big venture we actually have for NSD Vancouver, we are hosting a tournament that will last an entire month. Mm -hmm. uh, every Friday or Saturday, depending on where you live and, um, in the world, uh, we will have two debates mm -hmm. and um, you can participate. Um, and it's called the Trans-Pacific uh, okay. Debate Championship. Yes. We're very excited but also very, very cautious because it's a lot of teams. <laughs> it's a lot of people to coordinate with across seven different time zones. So we're trying to, we're trying to bring opportunities like that. And, and NSDA supports BO in that fashion that we give tournaments, but um, they are two separate entities as they actually work. The Association of Black Argumentation Professionals, um, they support NSDA by offering um, diversity, equity, and inclusion training by offering sensitivity training, mm -hmm. um, by providing them with a catalog of qualified, background-checked mm -hmm. judges, coaches, and teachers, which we're really proud of that um, we can try to increase diversity. What's our, what are the, like, the, the population of these organizations in terms of students? Do you have like full turnout? Do you have challenges getting students to sign up? How do you find it? We've had about 700 students that we've worked with since I've been here. So in seven months, we went from having no one to we've had about 700 at our, our most recent event. We had about 700 students. The goal being every single time, let's keep growing. Let's get bigger and bigger. Yes. Uh, my projections from just research I've done on the number of schools, students that participate in debate, and teachers that are potentially interested in debate, uh, there are well over you know 30,000 students that we could work with. One of the biggest difficulties since I've located, so I've relocated here, is I've found that competition for students is really difficult here. Like people don't, people don't just see organizations as being organizations for students. They see organizations that are more territorial. Um, um, NSA Vancouver used to be an organization before I moved here mm -hmm. that was for profit, mm -hmm. and because of that, some communities don't really want to work with it because they had a bad experience with the for-profit version. And I'm trying to change that kind of forward-facing image of the organization. Say, listen, we are not the for-profit organization. We don't have an interest of taking students from you. We just want to make sure you have the necessary resources to be able to effectively teach your students. But some of that requires these conversations, these very open and honest conversations of, you know, in the past, we made mistakes. Uh, we're under new management now. We hope that the new management is something that fits the flavor that you need a little bit more in your classroom. What's next for you? Where do you go from here? The goal is to bring debate to all of Canada. That's the ultimate goal. I want students, whether they're in Toronto or Ottawa or Quebec, to have an opportunity to engage events and activities that drastically improve their life and also improve their critical thinking skills, their communication skills, and their access to elite institutions. The first event we held was with New York, NYU. Uh, we have events coming up with Stanford, with Berkeley, 
um, with UBC, with just colleges in North America. And maybe we'll ex expand past that. Um, I don't know. But right now, our target is North American colleges. How do we get our students into those schools? How do we show them that debate prepares them for the interviews they have to do when right. they go to college? How do we show them that debate prepares them for writing their essays? Mm -hmm. How do we show them that debate makes them stand out in doing research? So we want to we want to show that to students and teachers and school districts and let them know that this is one avenue they can use that probably eases their roads into some some of these really good colleges their students want to go to. I want to work with other nonprofits. Right. What what are ways that we can collaborate to for instance reach a larger target group? Uh, I I've been talking to a couple of nonprofit organizations where they're focused on physical fitness. And they're like, well, how could debate and physical fitness work together? Well, easy, to easy, easy. Let's have a scavenger hunt where we send students out and they go looking for And when they get there, we give them information. We have them decide on which direction they want to go. So they have a small debate. Do Should they pursue, you know, evidence A or evidence B to see which who gets to the finish line first? It becomes a race. But that race is a mixture of physical activity and critical thinking. Mm -hmm. And and we're like I said, I'll, I'm always I have I, I'll tell anyone this I have millions of ideals. Okay, I can see that. Not all of them are good. Okay, I'll <laughs> be right. the first person to admit not all of them are good. Fair enough. But if I have a group of people that want to work and 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 kind of bring opportunity to students, I, I'm pretty sure I have some concept of a way that we can do that with your students um, or your youth group, whether it's a church or a parish or whatever. Uh, we we can make it happen. Uh, I just need to, I just need to know that you want to do it. In the case where it is not in within the school, mm -hmm. students are looking on and like, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. How do they get into it? If interest exists, the number one thing is just go to go to our website nsdavancouver.com. Mm -hmm. um, we can connect you with local debate charters that are close to you. Mm -hmm. We have tutors. Mm -hmm that are available. Most of them are located in the United States, so it would have to be a distance learning platform. Um, but um, we can set them up with tutors where they can be in classrooms with those tutors and they can learn at pretty at a low cost. Um, but the primary thing we will do, and I'm just going to be completely transparent, is uh, once you tell us what school district you're in and you tell us you know, what school you attend, we're going to go to the school. We're going to see if there's a larger interest of debate at your school if your school doesn't offer it. And we're going to offer them all the resources they need to make a to make a team happen. We're going to give you the files so you can make arguments. We'll give you instructional videos. We will do teacher training. Uh, we will do everything they need just to get debate in the school. As an educator myself, that just makes me excited to think yeah, that yeah. all of these things could be available to me um, if I didn't have them. And we're working very hard to make sure that those resources are as up to date as possible and as relevant as possible too. What are some of the challenges you have seen within the organizations and also within the students? Organizationally, the biggest the biggest kind of hurdle is, like I said, past experiences people have had. So people thinking they know what your organization is before they even work with your organization. Um, also, culturally, things are just different here in Canada than they are in the States. Um, access to debate resources are pretty open in the United States. The majority of students that do debate do it through their school, so it's not a pay-to-play system. And here it seems like it may be more of a pay-to-play system, which is perfectly fine, but we should have a system that doesn't require that too, in my right. opinion. Right. For students, the most difficult part is always time. 
at least I don't think I did nearly as much work as these students do now. Uh, I have students that I work with that they start classes at 8 a.m. and they don't finish class until 8 p.m. And it's all online. And the most difficult part is finding time and then translating not only that time, but the value of debate to their parents. For seven months, I've just been learning so much, trying to apply it and we're fine tuning our presentations, we're fine tuning our ads and marketing to really let parents know, listen, this is not about kind of us trying to make a dollar off of it. This is about an experience your child can have that we think is fruitful and here's all the examples that we have to prove it. <laughs> Competing with robotics or, um, you know, sports. Yeah. Uh, competing with those things is difficult because they sound cooler. They sound cooler. Yeah. But they're what, not as cool as debate. <laughs> but, but what about things like confidence, self-esteem? Are those hurdles? Um, no. So our job, my job, yeah. is to take a student that is shy, mm -hmm. that may stutter, that may have a lisp, mm -hmm. that um, may struggle to form sentences, and to teach them to do that. So to say, well, this student doesn't have confidence, they're scared, they don't want to debate, just get them in the classroom. Because students don't realize they're debating until you tell them that was a debate. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, they're arguing at the top of their lungs with me that girls are better than boys or that, you know, ice cream is better than cake. And it's simple things, mm -hmm. things that students have really strong feelings about that they didn't know their feelings were so strong yeah. until you challenge them on it. And you just sit back mm -hmm. and you watch them blossom. I don't want to short sell it and make it seem like it's easy to do because it is challenging to definitely get students to open up. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have the right tools and techniques, most students have very strong opinions about things. It's about figuring out where those opinions lie and then helping them to understand how relevant those opinions are. Now, is there anything else you want to add to your to story that we didn't cover? Um, let me just start by saying I Moving here has been a breath of fresh air. Like nice. the community here has been amazing. Mm -hmm. it just the lack of kind of political divisiveness is refreshing. <laughs> I'm just gonna start there. It seems like it seems like people here take a second to kind of enjoy life a little bit more. Everything when we're in the states, you know, we lived in New York City. Mm -hmm. We lived um, we lived and worked in Washington D.C. Everything was just so much fast paced. Boom boom, just always working. And here. It was so nice every day to just say, let's take 30 to 45 minutes and walk to the park and let our son just play in the park. It's been it's been so just revitalizing to kind of just know that life here is different, but more importantly, like the community that I felt here, meeting people, the encouragement you get from folks. Mm -hmm. I would not be where I am seven months in mm -hmm. without other people investing in me. So I'm very interested in reinvesting back into other folks as well. Do you want to do, do a shout out to anyone to say, you know what, come, let's do this. If you are an educator mm -hmm. and you have, you have access to students and you know that uh, you teach, for instance, uh, language arts, mm -hmm. or if you teach math, mm -hmm. or science, or history, uh, we are developing curriculum that infuses debate in all of those things. And it teaches your children to look at resources, evidence, right, statistics. How to use those to form opinions and to better understand both the subject matter that you have to teach them but also the context that they live in in life so how how do we think about you know prime minister elections and how do we think about uh first nation um kind of um, um, 
relationships that we have or that we establish. Debate gives us those tools and becomes the vehicle that we use to translate that information into everyday action. And I would love to work with educators, with parents, with school administrators, um, with other debate coaches, anyone that wants to improve the accessibility of debate in BC and Canada. Um, they could also go to our the website for the academy I work at, which is BL Debate. They can see all the range of classes we offer, the different forms of competition we're in. I'm on LinkedIn, and they can contact me through LinkedIn as well. Um, my name on LinkedIn is just Benjamin Hagwood. Um, but the fastest way to get in contact with me would be through email. I am constantly checking my email, constantly checking text messages, constantly checking social media communication, just to make sure that no one feels left out. Yeah, and you are you are an, you are a communicator. That's that's it's in you to communicate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well done. I've learned a lot from you, mm. and and I'm sold. I feel like I want to be a part of a debate team. <laughs> By all means, let's do it. It was a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Hope you learned something there, and you see the value in debating in proper communication. That's what it is, right? Yes, one hundred percent. It is. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time.